You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul, episode 37. Welcome to the show. Hello, my friends. It is an honor to have you back for another episode of From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery. Man, so much is happening at the end of the year. I love the energy that I get as I close up another year. It really fires me up to start thinking about how I'm finishing this year and what it is I want to really be focused on moving into next year. And that's really what we're going to be paying attention to over these next 12 episodes. Now, if you don't know what we're going to be covering over the next 12 episodes and you want to catch up, go back and listen to episode 36, where I talk about my life's blueprint and how there are three spheres in your life, career, self, and relationship, and how there are four components of each one of these spheres, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. And moving outwardly, we see that those are 12 quadrants. Now, if you've heard me talk before, spiritual is not a religion. I'm not going to sit here and talk about Catholics and Christians and Muslims and Hindus and Judaism, all of that. No, this is more about morality and, and, and your integrity that you have and that you're running your life with. I really feel like it's so weird I have to say that, but I do know that there are plenty of people who are not into religion and don't want to necessarily have God uh, spoken about, um, teach his own. I'm not a very religious person either. I'm very into my spirituality, though. I am thinking about myself in, in the bigger picture, especially as I get older and as I get deeper into my into my sobriety. You know, I've done refuge recovery. I've done some AA. Um, you know, one talks about Buddhism. The other one talks about um, God and Jesus and, and that regard and, you know, teach his own, right? But uh, I don't sign up for any of them and I don't need you to sign up for any of them either. So you can believe whatever you want to believe and you're all welcome here. That is the most important part about all of this is that it's inclusive. It's not exclusive. So no one is ever left out in the cold wondering why they don't um, belong because everybody belongs because I think we all know exactly what it feels like to not belong. And so that's what we're really going to be focusing on for the rest of this year is um, our career, self, and relationships and our physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual growth and how they pertain to each one of these quadrants, right? Because if there's three spheres and four components, three times four is 12, and now you get my Life's Blueprint program. Okay, now I can breathe. I just wanted to get all that out. Uh, I was really having a hard time thinking about what the very first episode in this 12-part series is going to be because there's really not an order to these, right? Whatever is important to you on any given day, week, month, quarter, year, whatever is what matters. So breaking these down, there's no order to them. But what I did think about was how in my first year of sobriety and getting myself into recovery, how important my physical fitness and my nutrition were to me. And so I think a great way to start this off um, especially because a lot of people moving into a new year, and if you want to see things on a much bigger scope, a new decade go, a lot of people's New Year's resolutions have to do with their body, have to do with their looks or their health, their cardiovascular system. There's tons of people who want to lose 5 to 10 or 50 to 100. They want to stop smoking. Obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you either already have quit drinking and using drugs or you're wanting to quit drinking and using drugs. 
right? All of this stuff wraps really nicely in underneath the self and physical quadrant. So why not start here? Because going back to what I said last week, I don't think you should be putting off, um, you know, losing five to 10, stop smoking, stop drinking, stop using, whatever it is. I don't think you should put that off till the New Year's resolution, right? Because what ends up happening is you end up with six resolutions and then none of them get accomplished. Start doing small things now so that you can habituate the act of being more physically fit, uh, being more nutritionally minded. Okay, so we're going to be talking about that in this episode because regardless of what you might think, just because you go to the gym, ladies, I'm talking specifically to you, you're not going to bulk up because you pick up some weights. I have been working out religiously. I don't know if I like using that word, but I've been working out habituate. It's a it's a habit. <laughs> it's a habit for me to work out three days a week. And I hit the, I, I lift weights, I push myself, I push myself, I push myself, and I still don't have the muscle structure that I've envisioned for myself. You can pick up some weights, and no matter how much you work out, you're not going to walk away looking like you can go and, and be in Miss Universe, right? You can sit there and you can lift weights all the time, and I see women doing this at my gym, and they work out and they push themselves. I, I watch them push themselves. They are clearly exerting massive amounts of effort, and they are toned, and they and they have a body that they're happy to see in the mirror, and they're still they're squ- still squatting 65, 75 pounds, or they're curling a 15 pound dumbbell, and in many cases they're squatting the bar, which is 45, and they're and they're curling a five or 10 pound dumbbell, but they're putting in the effort. Right, only going in and getting on the elliptical or the treadmill isn't going to be enough. Muscle burns more calories, therefore it burns the fat, which is what you're trying to get rid of when you want to get healthy. Right, and for guys, look, we're, are we ever going to look like the, those cover model guys? Right, even ladies, cover model that, half those photos more than half. I've worked, I live in Hollywood. I know people who work in that industry. They're photoshopping the hell out of that stuff. So stop looking at co- magazine covers and thinking that that stuff's attainable. If nothing else, they're going in and they're making their skin tone look completely even. They're cutting out all the scars. They're 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 doing their little Facebook photoshopping stuff. I don't know why I said Facebook. Facebook has nothing to do with it. They're doing their little Adobe Photoshopping stuff right over all of the stretch marks and all the imperfections. And these people look like, oh my God, they're like Greek gods. That's not what they really look like. I have actually seen people in magazines in Hollywood in person, and I can assure you they do not look like that. They look like we all do. Right, you see them on the cover of a magazine after two hours in a makeup chair, getting their face and hair done. You know, we should see some of these people at the grocery store or the gym. I work out at a gym where many, many people you have seen on the television and the magazines work out. They don't look like that when they're at the gym. So stop worrying about what other people look like and start thinking about what you want yourself to look like. Okay, think about what is it about yourself that when you look in the mirror, you are not happy with. Don't be thinking about what somebody else might be happy with because it doesn't matter. You'll never make everyone happy. Back in the day when I used to have good knees, I did CrossFit. And there was one guy in my class who wore a shirt that says, uh, it was, I don't remember, I think it said relax at the top of it in a big word. And then the rest of it said, somewhere right now, somebody is warming up with your max. 
And what I remembered the most about that shirt, how it made me feel was that no matter how hard I was pushing myself, you know, I, oh my goodness, I can do 135 pound back squat. Some guys might think that's not a not a lot. Some guys might think that's a whole bunch. I've got bad knees. I'm not a big fan of putting weight on my back anymore. I'm 43. I don't need to do that. I'm not a professional athlete. Anyways, I can do that. I feel pretty good about it. There's somebody out there who puts 135 pounds on just to warm up. And there's somebody else who wishes they could do 135 pounds. So no matter what you're doing in the gym, there's somebody who wishes they could do what you were doing. And there's somebody who looks at what you're doing and says, that's what I warm up with. Who cares? Okay. You've stepped into sobriety. You've stepped into recovery. You have already made one of the most difficult decisions and life changes you could ask a human being to make. To turn their back on addiction, which is this ingrained process inside of your brain, and to to fight years, years of habituated processes and programming in order to become this new version of yourself. You've already stepped into that. If anyone ever looks over and like, dude, I can curl uh, you're, you're over there doing a 20-pound dumbbell curl. And, uh, you know, I do that when I wake up in the morning. Well, you know what? Three years ago, I was drinking so heavily that I almost died in my bathtub. But yeah, I guess, you, congratulations, you can do a 40-pound curl and I can't. Right? I mean, I'm alive. Boom. I win I, already. But that's not enough for me. I want to be in the best physical shape I possibly can be so that I can do all the things that I do at 40 when I'm 60 and when I'm, you know, as much as you can when you're 80. You know, well, I remember once skiing, I got off the trail. This is back when I was like 18 or 19 years old. And I fell out of my skis and I ended up in about four and a half foot of snow, up to, basically up to my chest because I'm six foot three. And I had to basically, I, I, I almost lost my skis in this whole process. I definitely lost one of my poles. And I had to push snow out of my way to get to a tree and then sort of shimmy myself up the tree, grab onto a branch, and then like pull myself out so I was flat on top of the snow. And it took me about two hours to do this. And I was only about eight feet away from the tree. Um, I needed to go to the restroom. So I thought in my geniusness that I would just get off the trail a little bit. Long story short, I remember getting done with that and being like, I am not in physically good enough shape to be able to survive had that been worse. Like I could have easily gotten stuck in the snow and it was way off course. I would have had to hope somebody would have skied by me and been able to hear me yell. Right. And so it was at that young age, I was like, I want to be in better shape. Now alcohol and drug addiction took over and I never really put a lot of energy into it. But in my thirties, what really kept me from dwindling myself away was my focus on going to the gym. And in between binge sessions and and blow parties and all this other crap, I was going to the gym and I was doing my best to keep a muscle structure. When I got sober, it became a focus of mine to finally attain the body I always wanted. So some of the ways that it helped me to think about this was you have to ask yourself, why is it you want to change your body? Why? It is the most important thing that you can ask yourself because your why is what will get you up in the morning and get you eating healthier. It'll get you thinking about your workout later on that day, 
right? A lot of whys that might come to mind is you want to start dating again. You want to you you want to win some sort of weight loss competition at work. You want to be able to run around with your nieces or nephews or kids whenever you're older. Um, you want to be able to grow older and know that you can because you're as healthy as possible. Um, maybe it's to prove people wrong who said you can't do it. You just want to look good naked. You you want to be attractive to yourself when you look in the mirror. Whatever it is, your why is what will keep you focused on still going to the gym or still going for walks or eating healthy. See, when I started going to the gym three times a week, actually when I first got sober, it was five times a week because I just needed that structure. And as I grew out and got more healthier in my mind, body, and spirit, I was was better able to just get it down to three days, two hours, no big deal. What I used to do in five, I can now do in three, and I stay a little bit longer each day. It opens up my Tuesdays and Thursdays to do other things. Uh, Usually I like to get some sun or, you know, I like to go for a hike, right? You know, I live in Southern California. There's plenty of places to get sun and go for hikes. So your why is going to be huge. Now, one of the things I want to really want to stress, too, is make the decision. First of all, Monday, Wednesday, Friday from 1 to 3, right? Barring, like, Monday, I couldn't make it to the gym. So today, which is Tuesday, I went from 1 to 3. Make it a set time you go so you're always knowing to expect it, right? It needs to be scheduled. It needs to become habit. If you can put it at the same time each day or every other day, whenever you decide to go, when you figure out that pattern that works for you, pick a time. Even if on Mondays it's 7.30 p.m. and Tuesdays it's 7.30 a.m., it's okay that it changes the time of day, but keep it consistent. Don't just say, well, Monday I'm going to go work out and I'll figure out what time. You need to have a time. If you're going to go to the doctor or the dentist or you're going go to you go to work, you have a time when you're expected to be there. You need to have that for the gym. This is so important. I want to shout it at the rooftops. You need to have a specific time so that if you're not going to be able to make it, you say, oh, I can't make one. Okay, I'll do it at two. But your mind's already in the I'm going to go to the gym mode, right? And never, ever, ever let your morning mood change a decision you've already made for later on in your day. I have to get up a lot for work at 5 a.m. At 5 a.m., I do not feel like going to the gym at all. At that time, I feel like sleeping all day and doing nothing. If I were to not go to work and sleep all day, I'd probably sleep till about 8 or 9. I'd wake up throughout, and then I'd wake up feeling guilty I missed work, and I would definitely feel guilty if I just laid in bed and Netflix and filled my belly with delicious sweets all day. I know I would, right? Because I've already got myself in the mindset that I want to eat healthier and I want to be more physically fit. It did take some time to get there. Right, And so be okay with the fact that you're going to have some days when you're just not feeling it. But you've made that commitment to yourself to do something physically active. You don't have to start going to the gym three days a week for two hours, guys. I had a friend named Lisa whose mom was overweight by like 100 pounds. It was like a lot of overweight, right? I mean, 100 pounds overweight. That's a lot of weight overweight. It's a lot. And... She just got her mom starting to do some standing still lunges and air squats. It was like, mom, just do 10, 10 single, uh, you can Google what a lunge is. You can, sometimes you can move your feet. Sometimes you cannot. She just had her mom stand still, do 10 lunges with each leg and then 10 air squats. And then that was it. And she just got her mom used to doing that for a week. And then she, then she had her mom do 20. And then before you know it, her mom was going out and walking around the block. All right, and then over the court, it took a whole year. You know, one year she lost a hundred pounds. 
in one year. Not because she tried to set some insane goal right off the top of the bat, where it's like, oh, I'm going to start running a mile a day, and I'm going to start eating only spinach, and I'm going to start doing 150 push-ups every day, when she'd never done any. Right? Think of yourself if you've never worked out as a, as a, little, as a little baby, little kid who's been crawling. Or actually, no, you're just been you're you're a baby, you're a newborn toddler who's been laying on their back their entire lives unless somebody flipped you over, right? Eventually, you learn how to roll yourself over, and then you learn how to crawl, and then eventually you start to le- you start to try to sit up, and before you know it, you're using a table to learn how to stand, and then you start to sort of walk, but you get about two or three, and you wobble and you fall down, and then you keep getting up and keep trying it again. It's in that falling down that the baby pushing themselves up, pu- holding pulling themselves up on the table. It's when they, that's, that's building the muscle that eventually gets them to be able to walk. If every time you're, you fell down, your parent ran over and just picked you up and put you back on your feet, you wouldn't have ever gotten muscularly strong enough to actually have walked. So be okay with the fact that you're going to fall down a lot. Stick to a schedule. Even if it's, I'm, I'm going to take a walk after dinner around the block. Right? I don't know how long your block is. I don't know anything about that. But just say I'm gonna go for I'm gonna I'm gonna walk around my house, just around your house for a minute. That's better than not walking around your house for a minute. And once you've walked that minute, you're probably like, Yeah, what's another minute? Before you know it, it's five. Before you know it, it's ten. And now you're walking around the street. And now you're 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 going out and, and you're walking the dog more healthily and maybe you're trying to find a little bit of a hill. I knew someone who struggled walking up Runyon Canyon more than a tenth of the way. And before he knew it, after a few weeks, he was able to walk all the way up to the top. Now, his legs were killing him, and he could barely walk for three days, but he stayed focused on it, and he did it, right? If you've ever heard of a SMART goal, um, it's... uh, it's basically specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely. Be specific with what you what it is you want to do physically. Be specific with what it is you want to do nutritionally. Do you want to cut two soda pops out of your out of your diet each day? Do you want to eat three cups of spinach? Do you want to eat one cup of spinach? Do you just want to eat one carrot? Make it measurable. If you say you want to eat one carrot every day, then you know if you ate one carrot. If you say, I want to eat carrots, or I want to eat more carrots, what, is that, what does that mean? If you, use, if you take one bite of carrot and you used to eat no carrot, well, that's measurable. You know you just ate more carrots than you normally did, but is that really a big ask of yourself? So make it specific. I want to, you know, um, you know for me, like uh, this weekend, I ate 15,000 calories in three days. My normal diet is around 27 to 3,200 calories a day. So I should normally eat right around 12,000 calories in three days. Um, sorry, 9,000 calories in three days. I ate 15,000. Now I know this because I measure my food and I can visually approximate calories based on weight of food because I've been weighing my food for like five years. I've got no problem. Visually, I can, I can put my hand into a cashew jar and pull out damn near an exact ounce every single time. I can look at a bunch of broccoli on a on my cutting board and know that that's a cup know that that's 100 grams right it's just i've been doing it for so long i'm going to assume that you have not been weighing your food as long as i have if at all so that you're not so you might want to think about that but at first you know just say i'm going to i'm not i'm going to eat one less piece of chocolate and i'm going to eat you know a handful of spinach right i'm going to you're going to do something nutritionally 
physically, make it specific. I want to walk for five minutes a day, right? That's specific, measurable. Did you walk five minutes today? If so, you won the day. Attainable, do you have time to walk for five minutes today? Relevant, is, is, is it relevant to you? Are you okay with walking? Right? I mean, if, you've only, if you're in a wheelchair or you've only got one leg, maybe walking for five minutes is not what you should be thinking about. Maybe it would be getting on a row machine, or maybe it would be you know, using your wheelchair and just rolling around down the street to the stop sign and back. Right? I mean, part of me is, is being funny. I mean, I highly doubt many of you are missing a leg, but at the same time, make sure it's relevant to you. If you despise eating broccoli, then don't make the thing that you want to change about your nutrition being that you eat broccoli. There are other things that you probably enjoy eating that are healthy. It could be carrots, it could be Brussels sprouts, it could be corn. Um, even though I don't think there's a lot of nutritional value in corn, if that means that in your mind that you're eating healthier than eating a Snickers bar every day for lunch, then do that. And timely. Set a time frame for how long you would like to be doing this. Right? I'm going to walk five minutes a day for the next for the next seven days straight. Right? And when you hit that goal, say, okay, now I'm walking six minutes or 10 minutes. Again, don't try to run a marathon when you've never walked 100 yards. Be thoughtful about what it is you're setting yourself up to do. Right? There's a, this could literally be an hour-long podcast, and, and I could go over so many different things. But if you make it specific, if you make it measurable, if you make it attainable, relevant to you and your likes, and timely, it'll work. If you say you want to be walking a mile without stopping by January 1st, and you've never walked anything, right? I'm going to assume that you don't, you don't walk at all, right? Then start with a block. Then make it two blocks. Then make it three. Drive your car around the block, starting at your house, and just I don't know, go around the block and and look at the mile, the odometer. See how see how many times you have to go around until you get to a mile. I used to know this one path in my old neighborhood here in L.A. that if I ran it, it was exactly a mile. Right there's I think there's even a web there's a website called Map My Run. So you can literally just go on that and it will literally tell you exactly how long of a distance it is around your neighborhood or from one street to the next, to the next, to the next. Map out a half a mile and then walk that twice, right? And then if you know that you need to walk that twice by January 1st, then you can start being able to measure how far are you getting before you need to stop, turn around and go back home, right? And that gives you a timeliness to it all. The biggest hurdle I see my friends uh, in sobriety and recovery. I see my clients. I see the people that I speak to come up to me and and talk about is that they are listening to other people's opinions about what it means to be healthy. I should have led with this. It's so important. You are in competition with no one. No one but the version of yourself you were yesterday. If you are 100 pounds overweight and someone like me says the only way that you can be healthy is to weigh all of your food and to completely cut sugar out of your diet and go to the gym for two hours a day, three days a week, and on the other two days, hike and go swimming and occasionally just do 100 burpees because you're tired, that's some bullshit. Ten years ago, when I was a personal trainer, that's the kind of crap I used to say to my clients. Because I thought, well, I'm in great shape. If you want to look like me, you got to do what I did. My therapist always tells me, and she always reminds me, meet people where they're at. 
when I go speak at these addiction centers, I meet people where they're at. Sometimes these people have been sober for a year, and they've all been going to the gym and eating healthy, so they're ready to listen to some more some more of my advanced techniques. Other times, I go in, and people are three days off of meth. People are a week off of cocaine. People are 17 hours off of their last drink. You think going and telling those people to start weighing their food and get a gym membership and start hitting the gym five days a week for an hour, you think that's going to resonate with them? No. If there's anywhere in your life you're giving advice and tips like that, then take then heed what I just said and stop doing that. Just because it works for you doesn't mean it'll work for them. Meet them where they're at. I'm meeting you where you're at. I don't know because I'm talking into a microphone here in my house in Hollywood. I have no idea where you're at. All I know is that you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you want to change something. No matter how beautiful you are, I can assure you, you want to change something. I remember one time I was at a at a nail salon and there was some model thing on the television channel. They had their TV on and it was all these supermodels talking about, they were all in their 40s now and they were talking about themselves in their 20s about how they would look at themselves in the mirror and they thought that their, their butt was flabby or it wasn't firm enough or that they had hanging fat where their triceps should have been. And they're like, now I look back and they're like, I wish I still had that body. I mean, we're talking about to the 10 supermodels who can look in the mirror and see something about themselves they don't like. Everybody can. We are not unique little butterflies in that regard. Everybody has something they want to change. The key and the major difference is not everybody is willing to even take that first step, let alone be disciplined and stick with it. That's why I'm saying pick something specific, something small, something that is just, you know, it was you were probably said you were probably told something very similar to what I'm getting ready to say when you first got into sobriety. It's one day at a time. It's not I'm never going to drink again. It's one day at a time. It's not I'm never going to snort cocaine again. It's one day at a time. It's not I'm never going to do meth again. Because the idea of I'm never is so gargantuan that it's like it's damn near impossible to even wrap your head around when you're first getting into sobriety and recovery. Never. You won't be, I'm, I'm hoping I don't go and, and stop at the liquor store and buy a bottle of Jack on my way back from Kaiser, and you're sitting here trying to tell me I need to be thinking about never drinking again? I need to be thinking about being sober on my 70th birthday? You high. You high for thinking I'm going to be able to think that way. So, here's the key. Use that in the discipline of getting physically fit and eating more nutritiously. It's not, I'm never going to eat cheeseburgers again. It's just, I'm not going to eat a cheeseburger today. I'm not going to eat a cheeseburger for lunch. I eat cheeseburgers all the time. But again, I weigh my food. I know whenever I I know certain days, I'm like, oh, okay, today I'm going to eat a cheeseburger with french fries. So I'm going to skip breakfast, which I always do. I'm going to push lunch up a little bit later. Maybe it's only going to be a protein shake and a handful of almonds. Oh, cool. Now I've got 2,500 calories left over for dinner. I'm going to eat the hell out of some cheeseburgers and french fries. Oh, what? Ice cream afterwards? Yes, please. Okay? One of the main reasons that that I can eat these delicious foods I do is because I keep track of what I eat. And I do that through an app called MyFitnessPal. And I bought a scale off Amazon for 10 bucks. So I weigh all my food. I put it into MyFitnessPal. 
So I know whenever I've consumed 2,700 or 33. On my workout days, I get to consume 3,300 calories. On my non-workout days, it's 2,700, right? I ate 15,000 calories, so today I'm cutting my calories in half. I'm probably only going to consume about 1,500. I'm going to do that for the next two or three days, It's gonna, and I'm going to stay away from sugar. I'm going to write that whole ship. My body's going to be able to, to dump off that little bit of weight that it gained over the last few days, get right back to where I want to be. Boom, right there. Now I'm good to go. But I've been doing this, one, in sobriety for almost three years. But even back when I was a drunk, I started doing this, weighing my food stuff years ago, at least five years. So don't expect yourself to be me. Just be mindful. Think to yourself, what is a fear you have, right? I call this fears, frustrations, wants, aspirations. I'm going to leave you guys on this. What is a fear you have if you don't start taking care of your body better? What are some frustrations that you've had when you've tried to take care of your body better? What are some frustrations that you currently are going through as you try to take care of your body better? What do you want from yourself as you start to take care of your body better? And what are your aspirations when you have this new body? When Lisa got her mom to do standing lunges and air squats, 10 each, for the first week, you think that woman in a million years thought that she would lose 100 pounds in a year? No. Hell no. Most people don't know what they have inside of them until they take that first step. Don't wait till January 1st. Get yourself physically ready for everything that you want to do. Okay? We've discussed it. Know your why. Your why is one of the most important things going. If you want to know how to eat nutritiously, something that, you know, there's so many different ways. It can be two, ser- two to three servings of vegetables, one to two servings of protein, uh, one serving healthy fat, one serving healthy carb. What is that to you? Who knows? Take an hour out of your day and type in to YouTube how to eat nutritiously, right? There'll be tons of videos. Find one that resonates with you. Don't jump into paleo or ketogenic or the, what was that one where the guy said, eat all the cheeseburgers you want, just don't eat the bun. Um, The Atkins diet. I mean, right off the bat, man, just, just cut out some soda pop. Don't eat a Snickers bar at three o'clock. Like, you can just start cutting out sugar, and you will immediately see a change in your body. You'll definitely see a change in your brain. Uh, did you know that it takes about 72 hours for the gut bacteria that love sugar to die off? So if you start to wean your body off of sugar, you'll crave it for that first... I mean, a lot of them die off in 72 hours. It really takes about a week to fully cleanse. But within that 72 to 168 hours you will have a majority of the gut bacteria that um, feed off of sugar. They'll go away. As you start eating more carrots or Brussels sprouts or whatever you choose to eat healthily, the gut bacteria that feed off of those things will begin to multiply. And after 72 to 168 hours, next thing you know, you'll have a bunch of gut bacteria that crave carrots. And you stop eating carrots and you'll start to crave carrots. Um, your body literally is producing new gut bacteria all the time that feed off these that feed off certain things and are able to utilize them uh, within your body. I know it's some sciencey shit I read somewhere. I have no idea how I know that crap. I just read a lot. Um, another thing to think about you know, is uh, what to do for exercise. Just move. 
Just just move, guys. Just don't 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 overcomplicate it. If somebody else is like, "Ugh, you're not going to lose weight walking around the block." Fuck just this yeah. Profanity, profanity, profanity them. Right? I mean, I'm not trying to say get mad at people. People they're trying to help. But look, you do what you do. Right? Stay in your own lane. Let them stay in theirs. You if you if you don't ever walk, park your car as far away from the grocery store as possible and then walk. I do that all the time, mainly because I don't want my car to get scratched, but two, because it's those little things that add in an extra 200 steps. And before you know it, 10,000 steps. But if you don't even hit 1,500 in a day, don't set the goal for 10,000. Set the goal for 500. Get an app on your iPhone, open the app up, put the phone in your back pocket, and walk around the office. Every time you get up, walk around the office and, and have your phone on you so that it can register the walking. If, you have to, if it means holding it in your hand or putting it on a belt clip, whatever it means, so that it can accurately read how much you've walked. I have an app called Sleep Cycle that tells me whenever I'm sleeping well. And it also happens to have a step counter on it. Boom, two and one. Um, find a support group. Can't, can't speak volumes about that. You already know how to find a support group with your sobriety and recovery. So now just find one with physical fitness. Find some people in your meetings who want to go for a walk around the block after the meeting or want to meet up 20 minutes earlier and go for a walk before the meeting, right? Ask yourself, is this specific? Is it measurable? Is it attainable? Is it relevant? Is it timely? And then and then sit down with a piece of paper and, and write out fears. What are your fears if you don't start being more healthy? What are your frustrations you've had about trying to get healthy and the frustrations you currently have about your health? Really, what are the frustrations you have? Is it hard for you to play with your nieces and nephews? Do you get pissed off at yourself because you get winded walking up a flight of stairs? Right? There you've got some frustrations. I guarantee it. Uh, What do you want from this new version of you who wants to get healthy? And what do you aspire to be able to do once you've gotten healthy? All right? This is it, guys. This is it. It's that simple. It's that simple. Oh, I love talking about this stuff. Hit me up on social media at From Sobriety to Recovery. Anytime you have any questions about this. Um, I finally got through that black and white color grid thing I was trying to do. I'll tell you, worst advice I ever listened to when it came to my Instagram page was somebody told me that people like it when a page has, on the grid layout, when it has some sort of artistic like congr- like continuity. So then I got into this thing where it was like, okay, I'll I'll do black, orange, black, green, black, blue, black, um, black, yellow, black, red pictures, and then I'll do white, then I'll do white and of those colors, right? So it ended up being a bunch, you know, what I ended up doing was that I'd find something really cool I wanted to post, or I'd just get an idea in my head and want to post about it, but it wouldn't be that specific color, so I couldn't do it. And next thing you know, I'd just get frustrated, so I just stopped doing it. Um, don't do that. Don't let yourself become handcuffed to, that's funny. I bet you a lot of us know what that feels like. Um, don't let your, don't get handcuffed to an idea that it becomes so, you, so dogmatic. You're so driven to stick to it that you don't keep things fun. Instagram used to be fun for me. And then I went off and tried to make it look like somebody said I should, and it stopped being fun. So do the same with your physical fitness. Do what you find fun. 
and you will stick with it. And the longer you do it, before you know it, you're going to want to walk more. And because you're getting healthy and you're walking more, now you want to drink less soda and eat less sugar. And a year from now, you lost 100 pounds. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Remember, it's all about inclusivity, not exclusivity. The power of positive energy, release and flow. Until we meet again, take care of one another. Bye-bye. 